Once again, good morning, everybody, and to our online community. Welcome. Uh, my name is Eric Cowherd. I am the worship director here at MCC and have been for about the last six years or so. Um, and I'm very feeling very blessed to be talking to you this morning. But uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't pick that last song as on purpose as it turned out that it should have been. Uh, because this, this whole morning for me is, is walking out on the water. Uh, this, is, this is not my primary gig. This is not my strongest suit talking. Uh, if you've been with, worshiping with us for a long time, you probably know that. I prefer to stick to the music. But for two reasons this morning, I, I am talking to you this morning. One, because Will and, uh, and Hannah just welcomed their first child, their son, and he is being a dad this morning. He's, um, he's worshiping with us at home. Um, and so we gave him a week off to go do that. And the second reason is, to be honest with you guys, I do actually really enjoy diving into the Word and putting together a service. Uh, about a year ago or so, it's been a little bit longer than that now, um, I stepped down as the youth leader, uh, but I did enjoy doing devotions and, and working up lessons. And so Will was gracious enough to work with me on putting together this, this message this morning. So uh, we're going to be continuing in our, in our book of James, um, but as I, was, I was talking about Will, I actually had the opportunity on Friday to meet Mr. Graham Andrew Pinnell, the newest member of the Pinnell family, um, all nine pounds of him. Woo! Healthy baby. Great. Um, I got to see Will, and I got to see Hannah, and, and the, the proud aunt, uh, Michaela, was actually holding him, and they were just beaming with joy, um, and it made me quite sure that they're obviously not sleep-deprived yet. So, good for them. Keep praying for that, because I, I imagine that it probably will be kicking in at some point. Um, but to see that joy and to see the newborn really got me thinking. Um, some of you know that my wife and I have a three-year-old, almost three-year-old daughter named Charlotte, and we will be welcoming our second child, also a son, uh, maybe in about a month. We're not really sure. She's due August 13th. Um, it, but seeing, seeing Graham and seeing them together really got me thinking uh, about how incredible it is to see small children like that and to raise children. Um, one of my favorite memories happened about two years ago when Charlotte was still about one years old. And we were walking down the steps in our house, and at the bottom of the stairs at that time, we had a mirror. And to my knowledge, she had never seen her reflection before. And the look on her face and the look in her eyes was incredible as she saw herself. And she just looked at, looked at the mirror, and then she looked back at me, and she looked at the mirror again, and she looked back at me, and we probably went like this for about 30 seconds. And she didn't know what to make of the situation. And a little bit while later, she uh, was old enough to stand, we have a, a giant mirror right behind our couch, um, and she would stick her head up, and she would climb on the back of the couch, which we don't love, but it's kind of just one of those put, put your hand behind her sort of situations, and she would just look, and then she would start trying to touch the mirror, and she would just enjoy her reflection right up until the point where she could no longer see her reflection because of whatever was on the mirror. What is it that children get on their hands? I, I, I can never figure it out. They always have something on their hands. But she just wiped it all over the glass. Um, I want you guys to do me a favor this morning. If you would, reach into your pockets and pull out your IDs. Can you do that? If, anybody, if you have them on you, if you have them in your purse, if you have them in your wallet, whatever the case is, pull out your ID. We're going we're gonna to look at ourselves a little bit this morning. For most of you, this probably is your driver's license. Um, but as soon as you get them out, i got a couple questions for you. The very first one is, how many of you didn't realize how soon your license was going to expire? Show of hands. Anybody? No? That's always fun. 
For me, that's typically like, I don't know, four or five days before it happens. And then you're dealing with DMV. The second question is, what on there is no longer accurate? <laughs> for me, it was, it was address. Uh, I had changed addresses probably three or four times before I, I finally changed my, uh, my address on my license. When I got my CDL, I finally switched it over, and I think I probably, at least three or four different places. I'm looking at my dad because I think I had moved out of their house, moved in with some buddies, moved two or three more times, and then moved back into their house before I finally got my CDL. Anyway, um, but the, the question is, even though this is our constant form of identification, and we're looking at it, and I'm sure some of you, your picture probably has changed a little bit. I know mine probably mine has. Um, how often do we keep an eye on it? How often do we look at our identity, our identification? Um, or do we ever lose track of what it looks like? The topic that, that Will has charged me with, we're going through the sermon series we're gonna be, that I'm going to be talking about this morning is our identity. Um, and I thought it was a great way to look at, at that one. James, we've been working through, for those of you that are joining us this our first Sunday, this is our third Sunday, even though this sermon theoretically should have been second. Uh, Mr. Graham took just an extra day to come into the world, so my sermon got bumped back a week. Um, but we were working through the book of James, and in the middle section of the passage that I'm working with today, I'm going to be working in uh, James chapter 1, verses 19 through 27. If you want to pull those up, I'll have the scripture verses on the screens as well, but if you want to pull them up in your Bibles, please feel free to do so. Um, but I want to I start with our, with our image, with our ide identification from a physical sense. It seems like such a strange concept when you say it, but can you imagine if you didn't have any mirrors in your house, would you eventually forget what you look like? Most of us, if you go to the bathroom, uh, you're probably going to stop, you're going to check your hair, right? Yeah, maybe just even for a moment. No, <laughs> Tim's saying no, sorry, that wasn't, that wasn't a hair joke for any of you guys out there that, uh, bald is beautiful, Tim, just to keep that in mind. Um, but our physical physical identification, our, our looks change a great deal. Uh, this past week, uh, Travis commented on a post, which I will note, Tony and I did not know was being taken. Um, but he very rightfully said that I was in need of a haircut. I own that. I definitely needed a haircut. Um, but we have haircuts for you gentlemen. I, I almost pulled it up. I, I couldn't find a, a one that I really liked. But you gentlemen, if you, if you shave, or if you don't shave, if you were to grow a beard, go either direction, I was completely clean-shaven for my, my senior picture. I thought I looked about 12. It was, it was not good. Um, but if either Will or I were to go clean-shaven, that would be a massive change. So I'm going to start with the, we're, we're going to start with, with that, because James hits that. In verse 22, we're going to start here in the middle. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. As I said before, you, you wouldn't think about going a full seven days, a full week without looking at yourself. Right, it sounds it, it kind of sounds weird when you say it out loud, but if there's a mirror, you know you're going to you're going to kind of check your hair, you're going to check your makeup, whatever the case is. So why do we do that with church? We go a full 7 days a lot of times without looking at ourselves. Sorry. 
want to challenge you guys. This is my first challenge of the morning. In your private space, because I, I don't know, it probably wouldn't be the, the kindest thing in the world to, uh, to stop in the public restroom if you got somebody behind you waiting to wash their hands and just stare at the mirror for a moment. But in your private time, kind of look in the mirror, look at yourself, and just start with this question. How is the person who's staring back at me living out all of the lessons that I have learned? Preferably the ones church-related. Um, but I think, it's, I think it's very difficult sometimes to be honest with ourselves, to look and to say, whether you've been in church for two weeks or for 62 years, what are we changing? What, what have we changed? Because if the answer is nothing, then that's a problem, guys. There has to be change. Scripture challenges us constantly to be changing. James puts it very clearly. I'm going to read verse 22 again. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Say it with me. Do what it says. Right? It's as simple as that. Jesus constantly challenged his disciples, everyone that was following him, to, to change, to become more like him. And so think about it in your own life. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Because we can't do this by ourselves, folks. You, you need to be surrounding yourselves with people who are willing to look at you and say, your hair your hair's a mess, your makeup looks terrible, you missed a belt loop. From a physical sense, but also from a spiritual sense. We have got to hear these words on Sunday morning. We've got to, in our quiet time, to, to read our scripture and those things have to sink in, and then we have to actually go and do them. Let's back up to the top of the passage for just a moment. We're going to look at some great examples of how most of us are probably failing. Verse 19 hurts every single time I read it. I, I'll be honest with you guys. Um, I was both excited and a little bit kicking myself once I realized which passage in James I, I got. I, all I saw was the was the title of the sermon series when Will and I were talking through it, and he said, pick one of these. Graham will probably be born during that series. Because verse, verse 19 is hard. I've been hearing this verse since I was a kid. And if I'm honest, it still hasn't sunk into the point where I'm always capable of keeping myself from having to stick my foot in my mouth. Right? Anybody else there? Right? Yep. We're getting some, we're getting some nods. So we're going to read it. Let's go to verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Woo! Simple, right? Not even a little bit. Jesus was incredibly slow to speak. Quick to listen, but these are not inherent tra traits, folks. These are, these are not things that we're just born with. Everyone has opinions. Excuse me, facts. Right? Everyone has these these facts that we hold so tightly to, and we want to make sure that everybody around us and anybody that we talk to has their facts straight as well. Getting, getting, a, couple, getting a couple giggles, yeah, right? It just, it just makes sense. We're trying to help them, right? But just for a moment, I know it's very dangerous to paraphrase scripture, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little Eric's paraphrase of, of verse 19. Everyone should be quick to read, slow to type, Quick to delete what was typed. If the thought still exists, type it again. Read it twice. Then read it a third time. And then finally, after all those processes, take a moment and decide whether or not whatever you just typed needs to be sent out into the world or it needs to be deleted forever. 
seen a couple smiles. A lot of people are just looking at me like, I, I don't know. But, yes. There are only about 300 ways in today's world to alienate people. We have the ability right this second, each and every one of us have the ability to make somebody angry. Please hear me. These things, there are things, there are absolutely things that we need to be upset about. There are things that we need to be angry about. There are people dying all over the globe for Jesus right this very moment. There are people that are starving in our zip code. There is a good possibility, for those of you that don't work in a church, that if you were to try to talk to some of the people at your, at your workplace who don't know Jesus, if you were to try to talk to them about Jesus, you could be reprimanded, you could be terminated. These are things we should be upset about. These are things that I believe Jesus would be upset about. But here's the problem. Here, here's, here's the problem with that. There's a little bit of a disconnect. I'm going to go back to Proverbs, even before Jesus comes in. Proverbs chapter 31, verses 8 and 9. We, we see here the inspired utterance of King Lemuel's mother. And it reads, verse 8, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. I mentioned it before, but we as people of the 21st century have this unbelievable platform, unbelievable platform, to reach people all over the place at time. We have this great opportunity to speak love into this world. But how are we doing? How, how are we doing with that? What are the things, think about it, and I'll give you my answers, maybe you have some different ones. But what are the things that people are most upset about right now? What are the things that modern-day Christians in this very room, in this very zip code, what are, we, what are we most upset about? Statues, masks, and the name of a high school. That's what we're mad about. I got to be honest with you guys. I was, I was a little nervous to say that, but I feel like it really needed to be said. This has been convicting me ever since I read through this passage. That is what we see all over the media. That is what you hear people talking about. Those are the things, self-centered, man-made political issues have made it to the center of the conversations between brothers and sisters and men and women in the kingdom of God. That's what we're talking about. And I got to be honest with you, I don't think for one second that Jesus would be a part of those conversations. Jesus came to tear down Religious structures, not political ones. Verse 21. Therefore, get rid of all the moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Here's the honest truth of it, guys. I know that we, we are so connected, and I, I've mentioned that, and I'm going to continue to keep mentioning that, because we are, we are so blessed in so many ways but it's, it's also a curse. It's a massive responsibility to have as much information as we do at our fingertips at all times. The people of history would absolutely love to be able to know the things that Siri does, right? You can ask her anything at all times. But we have to understand the responsibility. So for just a moment, we got to talk about how we're going to sift through that truth. Uh, as, as James puts it, get rid of the moral filth and the evil. 
and figure out what the truth is so we can continue to live in it. So I'm going to ask you this. What news source do you use? Do you pick up a paper? Do you listen to the radio? If you're like me, most of your information comes from electronic or internet sources. Please tell me you don't just use Facebook and Twitter. Let's, uh, I'm just going to take a brief pause here for a moment and say if, if Facebook or Twitter is your primary means of information, pick something else. Please. Please. I'm going to give you some options here in just a second. But please pick something else. I want to show you all this graphic. And I, I apologize ahead of time. The graphic is not great. But... Um, I think it, it'll give you a rough idea. This is the media bias chart. Do we have it up there, Liz? There we go. If you'd like to look at it in your own time, I would encourage you to do so. Uh, media, chi uh, media bias chart, if you just type that in online, it'll pull this up. It's interactive. It's a lot of fun. You can click on whatever your favorite news source is, and it will show you, it will break down, even within their chart, uh, the individual articles that they use to score the, the paper or whatever the, the source is as a whole. But what you see in front of you is an independent, granted, I know, they're, they're people too. They have their own bias. All right, I'll go ahead and we'll, we'll admit that. But they are as independent as they can get, and they have, have ranked all of your major news sources by how biased, so the ones you see, the ones closest to center, they are supposed to be as politically unbiased as they can get, supposed to be. And the, the ones that are higher up, are supposed to be your most fact-based. The farther you get down the list or closer to the bottom, the more it's opinion, or for some of them, I'm sorry, I'm gonna call them out, the National Enquirer, it's um, barely English, I don't know. It's, yeah, some of them, if you click on the Enquirer, one of theirs actually scored below the bottom line. I don't even know how that's possible. They've been written in wingdings, I, I'm not sure. But take a look at the list. Think about your own news sources. I, I, I highlighted in my own research, I highlighted MSNBC and Fox News, two of the biggest ones. And if you see those on there, they're basically equal and opposite, okay? But, but the point that I'm trying to make and the reason I put this graph before you guys this morning is to hopefully invite you to look at both options and try to pull your information from as many places as possible because guys, if you're pulling your information from one source at all times and believing that it is both complete and unbiased, I think you're kidding yourself. It's likely neither one of those things. Please make sure that you're pulling your information from as many places as you can. Because, even though I mentioned it before, we all have our, our Facebook, our Twitter. I say we all. That's a little bit overstated. But we all have our social media platforms. Keep in mind, the world is not going to be changed by your Facebook status. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that one more time. The world is not going to be changed by your Facebook status. And as I've been talking through this, this is confession time. I'm not immune to this. I will share this with you guys. I... I learned a very, very valuable lesson just about a decade ago where I saw an article. It was out of the Midwest somewhere. I honestly don't remember at this point. But I saw an article on drug testing in the workplace 
and I was convinced that my opinion on the subject needed to be shot out to the world. Man, was I wrong. I got all sorts of comments. I got over 200 comments on this post. Fiery ones in my direction. I got called a racist. I got called all sorts of things. All kinds of things. Because I took a stance. I lost friends. I lost all kinds of, of opportunities. And this is the thing that still bothers me to this day. I took a stand. I put something out there that has absolutely no eternal relevance. And in return, I lost the opportunity to talk to those people, the people that severed that relationship and severed that tie with me in that moment. I'm, never, I'm not going to have another opportunity to talk to them about things that have eternal significance. That was an awful, awful trade. Please be cautious. Verse 26 in chapter 1 reads, Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. He doesn't really mince words on that one, does he? Do me a favor, pull your IDs back out if you don't still have them in your hand. Take a moment, I want you to look at your picture, and then pick up the piece of paper that, may, that, that hopefully was in your seat. I want you to think about all the things that you say and that you do on a regular basis. I'm not, I'm not going to ask you to list all those things on there. But this is a, this is a tool that, that I'm actually, I'm borrowing from another speaker. Um, but this is called the bullseye concept. Because whether we like it or not, folks, every little small thing that we say or do, our triumphs, our failures, people can use to identify us. And so I use this tool. I'm going to invite you to do the same. It's called the bullseye. Um, sorry. Breaks down into three different regions or areas based off of their importance. Starting in the center or the core, those things, that is what's filled up with the things that are non-negotiable. Things that are in the middle should never, ever waver under any circumstance. The things around the, 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 second, the second ring, the interior ring, are very, very important to us. They are things that are held near and dear to our hearts, but they still need to be checked back against the center. And then things on the outside are things that we still love, things that we appreciate, things that we want to talk about, things that we want in our lives. But again, they, they need to go through two rounds of checks. They need to check in that center ring as well as the center itself. So I'm going to ask you guys in your own time to have a look at, at, your, at your bullseye, fill it out. I'm going to go through mine so you have some examples to, to pull from. Liz, if you go ahead and pull up that next one. This is, this is my outer ring. Okay? You see the Philadelphia Eagles fan. Uh, I have been a, an Eagles fan since I was 10 years old. I didn't get any boos. I was actually, I'm a little surprised. Gotta, I got to be honest. It's not easy for an Eagles fan in Virginia. It's just not. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Thank you, whoever that is. Very good. But as I mentioned, I, I've, been, I've been an Eagles fan my entire life. It, it wasn't easy to pick a different team when the Redskins have been stinking as long as they have. Um, 
but this is one that uh, I, I do talk about a lot of, on social media. I, I, I meant to mention before, like, if we're connected on Facebook or, or, or any of the social media platforms, I really don't have a lot of them. You probably don't see a whole lot from me. This is one that I will occasionally post some things about. Um, but God has continued to convict me on this uh, and to remind me that I, I need to pray for everybody, even those people that root for the Dallas Cowboys. It's hard. About once a month. Once a month, I'll do it. Um, I stuck Virginian and American on there. Uh, I know this one's kind of hot button at this point in time, but um, I think it's important. Uh, I know that where we live, I've lived in Virginia my entire life, um, and despite the craziness and all of the turmoil that's going on, not only in our state, but our country, I am proud of those things. But uh, that's a whole that's a whole other topic of conversation. Uh, a little bit closer, you see the musician. So try to include hobbies. This one for me uh, is is beautiful because it's not only a hobby, but it's a passion, but it's also a job. Um, I feel very, very fortunate to have been here at MCC for the last six years, uh, working as your as your worship minister. Um, I also have the opportunity to work with a group called Arise. Uh, we, we get to travel around. We get to minister to a lot of youth groups and, and things like that. If you're free this evening, shameless plug. If you're free this evening, um, 7 p.m., we're actually going to have a little worship time out here at the end of the parking lot. You don't have to go that far. Um, but these are, again, these are outside items. These are things that are important, but they need to be checked with things on the inside. Let's go to that next circle, shall we? There we go. So this, this middle circle is filled up with all my mighty titles, family-related-wise. You see father, son, brother, uncle. Very important note, though, I'm going to make sure you guys see this, because placement does matter. As you're, making your, as you're making your bullseye, even within those circles, I want you to think about your placement. Husband is just a little bit closer than the other one. Let's go ahead and go to that next circle. Here it is, guys. In the very center, I couldn't fit it all in there. I wanted to make sure it was, it was big enough for you guys to be able to read it. But I have in mind broken and forgiver, broken and forgiven follower of the one true Savior, Jesus Christ. Anything else that, that's up there has to answer to that one. I will gladly, and I have, I have, and I will continue to. I'm happy to talk to anybody and everybody about all the things that are on that, on that chart. But if the things that I'm saying do not coincide with that center one, something's got to change, guys. At the end of the day, at our very, very core, we are all broken people in need of grace. Every single one of us, whether you're sitting in this room right now, whether you're sitting on your couch, if you're sitting on the beach, that person that you walk by on the street corner, that person holding whatever sign that is, that person, whatever, whatever the case is, that person is just as broken in need of grace as you are. I'm going to ask you to pray for them. Whether you're Republican, Democrat, rich, poor, an Eagles fan, a Cowboys fan, if you're going to root for whatever Washington's going to call themselves. 
all of us need that grace. And all of us need to be reminded that we are striving to live our lives in Christ's image. And guys, as you're looking in the mirror, and I hope that you, you take a few moments and just jot some stuff down on your bullseye this week, as you're doing it, ask yourself, in the things that I'm doing and the things that I'm saying, is, is Christ's image shining through? Because if it's not, we need to do some reorganizing. Pray for guidance on what you need to add, what you need to remove. I mean, James puts it very clearly. You can, you can just read through this, this passage in your prayers, and I think it'll do a great job. Remove the moral filth. Keep a tight rein on your tongue. Be quick to listen and slow to anger. And just do what the words say. And be really, really honest with yourself. Is your bullseye in the right order? Let's pray. Grace, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Lord, I pray that your words were spoken this morning and not mine. Lord, I pray that some of it's in uh, and that we are people who do not just listen, who do not just take in these words, but we also send them back out into the world. We also live our lives by these words. Uh, and Lord, I pray that um, as we go out into this world, we go out into our individual lives, we're able to show that love in each and every bubble that we find ourselves in. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you're able to work in these people's lives uh, and to bring them back here next Sunday so we can do it again. We pray all this in your name. Amen.